In improvisational theatre, there's an adage that says make your partner look good. In leadership and business relationships, this means you can make personal interactions a win-win situation for both you and your colleagues. Welcome to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Speaking with guests and listeners like you, Amy uses her wisdom and wit, leading you along the road to success. Now, here's your host, Amy Carroll. Welcome everyone to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. As a communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, I am delighted to be your host and excited to bring you insights and ideas to help you solve your communication conundrums. This is the 71st episode of my show, Partner Up with Amy Carroll. If you want to find out more about me or what the show's about, feel free to listen to previous episodes on my website, carolcoaching.com, or go to the voiceamerica.com business channel. You can download the app or you can tune in using your favorite podcast app. Now, if you missed either of the last shows that we played, one on the 24th of December, that was a repeat of a great show I in, interview I did a couple of months ago called Inspirational Leadership for Global Contribution, featuring the inspiring Kristen Envig. And then on December 31st, the show was a repeat of Upgrade Your Executive Presence for Greater Authenticity, featuring the lovely Akim Novak. So feel free to check out any of those. Now, today, my guest is Sarah Santacroce. Welcome, Sarah. So happy to be here. Hi, Amy. Good to see you and speak to you. Yes. Now, what listeners don't know about us, Sarah, is that we actually don't live very far from each other. I know. We could almost do this in person. Yes, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Sarah, what is the name of the exact town that you live in in Switzerland? Yeah, I live in Donge, which is just outside of the EPFL. Oh, okay. So for Swiss listeners, they will know where that is. Yes, yes, near Lausanne. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, listeners, you're going to want to know about Sarah. Um, and because this is going to be a really, for me, a very inspiring conversation. Over a decade of running a successful LinkedIn consulting business inspired a yearning in Sarah to create a global movement, encouraging people to bring more empathy and kindness to business and marketing. Oh, Sarah, that makes my heart sing. <laughs> And as a hippie turned business coach, she's written two books. Before I tell you the titles of the books, Sarah, I have to know, um, what did your former hippie life look like? Oh, okay. It's it's quite a story. Can we go into that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, the the hippie, it's, it's more like a hippie upbringing because it's really like my childhood that oh. is, um, that is kind of marked by hippiness. So my parents and a bunch of friends, they, they were hippies. They, they never used the term hippie, but if you look at them and you, you know, you, you can tell, okay. <laughs> so they they bought a, an apartment building together. Um, so six families bought an apartment building in Bern, the capital of Switzerland. And uh, everybody had their own apartment, but we basically shared common living spaces together and we would eat together and, uh, you know, the kids would play together. And uh, there was, I, I remember these meetings every 
I can't remember, maybe every other week or so, there was a community meeting and all these decisions had to be made together. Uh, we had parties, obviously, no, no hash or any kind of you know, substances, but it was more like a peace, peace and love environment. And so wow. that's, that's how I grew up. And um, as a kid, you know, you just think, oh, this is normal. That's, right. you know, that's how it is. But then obviously when I started going to school, I'm like, this is not normal. <laughs> Nobody lives like that. And so, so what uh, night is your community meeting on? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I started hiding that part of me. It was, it was like embarrassing, you know, to to a certain extent to you know, see my dad being the only one uh, who didn't drive a car to come pick me up, but came mm-hmm. to pick me up on his bike. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, just embarrassed by it all. And so more and more, it was a big, it was kind of the story that didn't, it wasn't part of me anymore, especially then when I moved into the business world and, you know, picked uh, uh, LinkedIn as the one platform, uh, which is very professional and kind of, or used to be very stiff and kind of chamber of commerce like. And so I'm like, well, I cannot tell that hippie story to anybody. But as things go, as you grow older and maybe wiser, you know, slowly I came back full circle and I'm like, you know what, actually something, something is broken inside me. And it's probably because I've never made friends with that story. And it's so much part of me. And, and I've just, you know, recently come to realize, well, that is exactly who, who I am and what I bring to business as well. This kind of community aspect and the, the sharing, the peace and love, and not just business. And, and so, yeah, that's what the hippie story is. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad I asked. <laughs> and it so fits with who you are today right? and how you represent yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a that's a great story. <laughs> so listeners, now it's really going to fit. These are the titles of her two books. The first one is The Gentle Marketing Revolution, and her upcoming book is called Selling Like We're Human. When is that going to be released, Sarah? Yeah, it's actually already released. Oh, we, we, we've talked a while ago about these. So, so um, and, and I'm going to correct here because the first one is called Marketing Like We're Human. And there's a story in there as well. I had okay. to republish it. So the first one is Marketing Like We're Human. And the second yeah. one is Selling Like We're Human. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Sarah hosts the Humane Marketing Podcast works with heart-centered entrepreneurs to question their assumptions when it comes to marketing and to give them permission to market their business the way, their way rather, and also the gentle way. Sarah shares a fresh perspective and doesn't shy away from calling things out like things that no longer work for many of us when it comes to the current marketing model. Her clients sometimes refer to her as the female Seth Godin. That's quite a cool title. Yeah, it, it's like this one marketer that I, you know, I look up to in a way, and he's yeah. always kind of done his own thing. So mm-hmm. for people who don't know him, he's he's really kind of a yeah a maverick when it comes to marketing and really encouraging others to question everything around marketing, and that's kind of what what I'm all about as well. It's like well maybe certain things don't work anymore that always 
we just assumed that that's how marketing and, and sales and all of that works. So. Yeah, I like how you say that. We were riding on assumptions and maybe former paradigms. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in your opinion, what would you say is wrong with what we would refer to as traditional marketing? Yeah. I'm, so in my research and, and kind of like after my breakdown, because really what happened is I grew up in this online marketing world. I started my business in 2008 and in kind of the social media boom and, and you know, trying everything to use marketing and online marketing to build my business and help clients build their business. But a few years ago, I had this breakdown and realizing, well, actually, I, I can't do it anymore. There's there's just so much pressure on um, business owners in terms of using certain marketing techniques. And I started kind of think, thinking, well, am I the only one thinking like that? Or are there other people also in that situation? Um, coaches, consultants, you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners. And so I started having conversations with them and every time this term anxiety came up, mm. like this idea of marketing creating anxiety on both ends. So the receiving end, us receiving marketing, us being the consumers, customers, feeling like there's, yeah, this feeling of anxiety when seeing something, when being marketed to, and this feeling of shame, never feeling good enough, smart enough, successful enough, and, you know, whatever, not enough, what all, yeah. whatever else there is. Um, so, so, yeah, like just realizing that there's so much fakeness in this marketing world mm -hmm. that creates this uh, idea that we all need to be perfect and super successful and, you know, have it all together. Yeah. And, and so I think that's really what's, what's wrong with marketing. I think marketing actually can be used as a leverage for good if we yeah. use it the right way, because, you know, quite frankly, I, I don't want to necessarily go just the hippie way and say, oh, let's all just, you know, live, together without selling anything. No, that's not the idea. I think we, we can use business and we can actually even use capitalism as a leverage for good. And marketing is a big piece of that. But the way we do it now just doesn't work mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think it's like, well, something else needs to be, um, yeah, needs to be used in order to grow our businesses in a sustainable way. Yeah. Yeah, when I listen to you, I think, yeah, the sense of, like you said, shame and not you're not enough and, and drilling that message in order to get people to buy and to purchase services. It's just, um, it, that's so last year. <laughs> you know, exactly. just, yeah. That's like, oh, come on, let's get over that, people. No, we yeah. can do better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. It it feels like this this big gap between where we are as customers um and you know never mind even talking about the pandemic. I mean, even that is just like huge 
step up in consciousness. But even before that, I think yeah. consumers are way smarter. We're yeah. way more conscious. And, and yet a lot of the marketing we see is still, like you said, so last year, it, it, it talks to us as if the internet was just invented and mm. it's like the first time we ever see a website. Mm-hmm. You know, we can tell that if you're telling us this is your last chance and, and then we come back the next day and the same message is still there. It just feels like we're not being treated as humans. We're being mm-hmm. treated as you know, uh, you often see this term leads. Well, if you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, if we treat everybody like leads, then how can we actually have a business, uh, a human centric business and right. still talk about just leads and funnels and all of these marketing terms that mm-hmm. are so inhumane, actually? Well, it's really making more sense to me now as I'm listening to you describe it. Now, um, I would love to, and you may not have any right in the top of your head, so let me know. We can come back to it. Though to hear examples of this humane marketing that you have come across, that might be some universal examples that people may be aware of. What would be some of those? Yeah. So, so there's obviously small examples that I see, you know, fellow entrepreneurs. Um, I'm thinking of uh, yesterday when we had our pre-chat, we talked about Brene Brown. You know, everybody knows Brene Brown and she has a big business. She sells services. She sells books. And this is such a good example of, you know, how she markets her giant business in a very humane way. It never feels like, of course, she's also the expert of shame. So that would be bad. That'd be really bad. It would be really bad marketing. You must buy this book, otherwise your life will be miserable. (laughs) But it's, it's a good, good, I think, practice to see how she markets her business and use that as an example, because she, she has a clear understanding of the power of words and yeah. the impact of words, right? Um, so that's a good example. Um, another one that comes to mind is Patagonia, that is a yes. company that everybody knows. And, and, you know, very, very humane marketing. And what I love about them, obviously, is also is, is the um, inclusion of the planet. So it's this triple win that I talk about in, in, in my books. It's the win for, yes, for ourselves, you know, the profits, but the, and the win for the clients, but then also the win for the planet. And they, they just do an amazing job at, at including all three and really making it, yeah, very inclusive. And, and I never feel like I have to buy the latest, you know, whatever jogging pants or whatever they're selling. It just feels like, yeah, this is a good company that shares my values. And I think that's an important piece of humane marketing is, is sharing more of you and your values and your worldview with your customers, because that's what the conscious client is looking for much more than you know, 10 years ago. We mm-hmm. want to do business and we want to buy from companies that we are aligned with. Yeah. So that is huge. Yeah. Mm, oh, I'm, I'm very inspired. So Um, You know, the title of the book I wrote is The Ego Tango, and um, you also see marketing like a tango. Tell me more about that. Yeah, we kind of already touched upon it a a little bit. It's this idea of, um, you know, 
right now what we have is a is this gap and it's not a tango because it's like it feels like one is just dancing alone and the other one is like sitting on the bench because um there's this mismatch in power so it feels like the 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 companies that are not doing humane marketing so they are the kind of the traditional marketers the gurus they are not aligned with the customers and so how can you dance tango if you're not aligned so that's why i feel like there's a yeah there's a mismatch in alignment and in order to be able to dance that tango it's super important for companies to understand their customers and their clients and really yeah lead that way and lead with empathy we mentioned empathy before and, and kindness mm-hmm. lead uh that way and that will that will lead to a much more beautiful dance that feels mm. yeah beautiful and inclusive do you have an example of a client who has visibly transformed from traditional to this more humane approach mm. um I'm thinking of, you know, my clients, entrepreneurs who are on this journey. And what I see is that it takes a lot of unlearning the traditional way, because it's almost like, you know, 20 years of this kind of hype marketing where there's just certain techniques that we are taught as uh, business owners and marketers, and there's a lot of unlearning. And so the transformation um, in, in the book, I, I talk about the uh, Chinese bamboo tree. And what, what happens with the bamboo tree is, is when you plant it, you water it and water it and water it. And it takes years and nothing grows until finally, I think it's year five. I'm not sure exactly, but it takes like many years. And then all of a sudden, it's like two meters or three meters tall. And so that's kind of the same evolution I see with um with these businesses that transform from hype marketing into humane marketing, because uh-huh. building trust takes time. Yeah. It's not just overnight that all of a sudden, you know, if you have been using kind of the aggressive style to all of a sudden, you know, be all empathic and, and kind, people are like, huh, can we trust yeah. her? Right. And so it's really this nurturing that is super important. And, and then once you get the trust, then the business just takes off because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just that transformation. Mm-hmm. I want to come back to power. You, know, you mentioned that earlier. And, you know, I'm a, very fascinated by power and status. And um, you may f- have begun to answer this though. When you think of unethical marketing, um, how would you describe the relationship to power with yeah. that? Yeah, this actually came up in a conversation with our common friend Bettina Palazzo. Uh, uh-huh. She was a previous guest on your yeah. on your show talking about ethics. She's an ethics specialist, and She's so a rock star. yeah. So so this came up when I was talking with her and she was telling me that there's studies and, and research that shows that the more power, the more risk to unethical behavior. Uh-huh. So this is proven in leadership and companies and, and, and such, right? And so I was like, well, that's really interesting because the same thing applies to marketing, it feels to me. The, the bigger the companies or the bigger 
um, kind of in, in my world, the bigger the gurus, you know, the bigger the, the number of followers and social media influence they have, the bigger the risk that they'll use unethical marketing. It just gives them this impression of power and yeah. somehow it kind of goes the wrong way instead yeah. of using that power beautifully and having that influence in a beautiful way it just seems to kind of go the wrong way and yeah and then leads to unethical behavior i'm i'm curious if if you see similar things maybe not in marketing but in 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 that relationship with power completely mm. and it's interesting i was at a women's event a couple of years ago and they're talking about how there were leaders I think they were saying, you know, how men were abusing their power and yet most of the leaders were men. So I asked a question, I think was something like, well, um, have people seen this with female leaders? Mm -hmm. Because I'm, I wasn't convinced it was, you know, women are just more ethical than men. I was suspicious that it's to do with the power. And sure enough, you know, some anecdotal evidence, a woman responded later. She said, yeah, when we've, seen women who have are in the role of power that they will abuse it as well. Right. Now and I so I think it's it's human nature for, mm-hmm. I don't that's I, and when I say that I don't even like saying that it's human nature. Though I think there is we misbehave it's like with privilege the more privilege we have the more likely we're we are to misbehave and act entitled and and act like jerks. Um, so I think that when we have, you know, who was it? Spider-Man's uncle and with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. I once, I once quoted Spider-Man's uncle, not knowing it was Spider-Man's uncle. And some, I was like, and I gave this great quote and someone said, um, Amy, you know, that was Spider-Man's uncle. I'm like, oh, well, there we go. Good to know. (laughs) Now you know. Yes. So, yeah, I do absolutely see that consistency that we misbehave the more power we have. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. It's how do we change that? Right. How do we, how do we change that? I don't think people like to admit it, meaning they're not proud of it. I don't think people run around and go, I'm such a jerk. (laughs) Um, And so I believe, and I think this is also true with privilege, when we raise people's awareness of the power that they have, of the privilege they have that goes with the roles, with the money, with the position, um, often I think that's a starting ground for people to um, hold themselves accountable. Right. Yeah. I know it does for me, and I don't think I'm any more ethical than other people. I really believe that most people want to be seen as fair and kind. And if that's true, that's, that's their intention or the, 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 how they see themselves, then saying, okay, well, let's you know, align that with your actual behaviors. I think that might sometimes be enough to invite people to question how they act and show up and use their privilege and use their power. That's a good point because I always say in marketing, I'm I'm not pointing fingers at humans or at individual people. Um, it's a systems problem. It's this idea of uh, this is just the way we have uh, been accustomed or have learned 
to how to do marketing. And so everybody started accepting it that this is, you know, we use false urgency and this is just the way the shaming and the manipulation and the fakeness. This is just the way it works. Where, where that's what we need to point the finger at and not people using the system the wrong way. Because um, I think, yeah, it's really a systemic. Uh, problem, not necessarily a human problem. So in some ways it's, it takes, yeah. So the idea is not to shame humans individually. Exactly. <laughs> good, good catch. Yeah. Um, and yet when you say it, a systems, systematic system, a systems problem, it starts, I can feel myself sort of feel overwhelmed, like, Oh, well, what do we do about that? And we're going to be going for a break shortly. And before we do, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, or, when you talk, when you describe the challenges, yeah. What 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 I um, my answer to to that is is really the revolution. And again, maybe the hippie part comes in, right? It's it's like, well, let's look at the systems problems and let's create a, a revolution, shaming the system and gathering the people because the revolution always comes from the people. Um, but this way, we're we're uniting and saying we want a different way. And yes, we're going to point fingers at the real problem and not at fellow humans. Okay, great. So um, when we come back from the break, I'd like us to dive more into, um, you know, how this humane marketing really works. Does that sound like a good, good plan? Yep, definitely. (laughs) Wonderful. And listeners, uh, and Sarah, I'm going to check with you in a minute to see, um, how we want people to reach out to you. To If you want to connect with Sarah, let's see, we've got her humane.marketing website, right? They can reach you there. Yep, definitely. Also, you're obviously on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book titles again are... Marketing, yeah, Marketing Like We're Human and Selling Like We're Human. Wonderful. And if you're ready, listeners, to take your superhero partner powers, speaking of Spider-Man... Into the next decade, join me for my online leadership presence course. You can find details on my website, carolcoaching.com. When we come back from break, we'll be hearing more from Sarah. Stay tuned. You're listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you have colleagues, family members, or neighbors that just drive you crazy sometimes? Do you occasionally find yourself feeling disrespected, mistreated, or annoyed by others? As a no-nonsense communication coach, trainer, speaker, and author, Amy Carroll may have a solution for you. For over 35 years, Amy has studied status and power dynamics, what sabotages relationships, results, and how to get desired outcomes in business and personal interactions. Make your partner look good is a philosophy from improvisational theatre, as well as Amy's favourite mantra. For the last 20 years, she has been using her superhero powers to inspire individuals and multinationals around the globe to transform their communication and tap into their own partner powers. With concrete behavior changes in voice, body language, words, and attitude, Amy shows clients what to keep and what to change to get more of what you want more often with less hassle. Visit carolcoaching.com today. That's C-A-R-R-O-L-L coaching.com. You are listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We want participation from you. 
feel free to send an email to amy at carolcoaching.com. Now, back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Here again is Amy. Welcome back to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. We've been talking with Sarah Santacroce about human and humane marketing. And before we jump back into some questions for Sarah, um, at the first half of the show, we mentioned Bettina's interview I did with her back in April. It was April 16th, show number 31. So a fascinating interview with Bettina about ethics. So feel free to check that out, listeners. All right. So, Sarah. Yep. Let's talk about this. Proof that humane marketing actually works. Tell Mm, us. mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's lots of proof. Uh, We mentioned before we mentioned Patagonia. I mean, what other proof do we need? Um, But but any other kind of, you know, purpose-driven brands and companies, um, I'm thinking of B corporations. I'm thinking of small startups that figured out that, this is the way to lead. Uh, that's all the proof. It's all there. And and to go back to this theme of, you know, this is so last year. Well, imagine two, three years from now, five years from now, I don't think any of this kind of hype and aggressive marketing will work for customers anymore. We're all done with it. We're all like, we can see through it. We're just like, treat us as human beings. Uh, show us that we our values are aligned. Yeah. Show us that you're taking action in terms of, you know, the planet and not just putting up some stuff on your website and, you know, talking about your mission and then not actually walking your talk. So Mm, mm. I think it's really the only way forward. I think companies who are not using a a humane approach to marketing will will not succeed in the long run. It's this difference between long-term thinking and, you know, make a quick buck. Right. Uh, what's worked until now is like, oh, the hustling and the make a quick buck. But if you want to be in p- business for the long term, especially if we think about, you know, the mel- millennials and the Gen X, that they're they're not going to buy from companies like that anymore. So I think it's really the only way forward. When you're talking about um, long term, it made me think of a philosophy my sister Pat has who developed the metal, the model of predator prey partner. Mm-hmm. And she talks about um, to approach every relationship as if it's a long term relationship, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to a one night stand. Yeah, yeah. And boy, you know, it, I'm, you know, getting in the Uber car, you may never see that person again, acting as if this is a long term relationship. We have a tendency to show up very differently. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 And it's the same thing with, with your clients, you know. Um, in the book, I, sh- I share this line, we both want to sleep well at night. You know, do we just want to get a big, a quick buck and, you know, fill our bank account? Or do we actually want to sell services or products where we feel like, yes, we can sleep well at night because we give you the absolute best thing for you at this moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's absolutely for this long-term relationship. I love that. So you've mentioned hype marketing a couple of times, given some examples. Uh, what are some other examples and how would you reframe those 
into gentler marketing. Yeah. Um, like what we talked about, um, for example, is this, um, maybe we didn't talk about it, but one big thing, or let me talk about two things in, in hype marketing, mm-hmm. is this idea of highlighting pain, right? That's what we're yeah. taught in marketing is like, you have to find your client's pain and then really go in on the pain and keep talking about this pain because then you can actually you know, say that you have a solution for this pain. So where... And then they always use the excuse that this is based in human psychology, and that's why you need to talk about this pain, which makes sense. Yes, if you do have a problem, that's what your brain is wired to look for, is for a solution for that yep. problem. So as a marketer, yes, it makes sense to talk about that problem because then you get people's attention. Where I don't agree is that we have to, again, talk so much about this pain. I feel like it would be much more beautiful uh, and, you know, marketing could be used as a leverage for good if we talked more about the solution, you know, Mm -hmm. like the the aspiration, the, the, the future outlook and not just the pain and the shame and the fear and, and, and the negative stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that is, um, that is one concept. Another concept that is often used and it's similar, it's this idea of making people understand the gap. So uh, it's called gap selling. It's like, okay, you, you, I'm using descriptions and words to make you understand that you are in a really bad place. And then I tell you uh, about my solution that is such utopian and such a miracle yeah exactly it's like look at my magic wand over here and and so help and what they're telling us is that to to help people understand the giant gap that is between and so that you have no other way than buying that thing because you want to be on the other side of the gap well again that just creates anxiety and and it, it doesn't feel good and and i think um it's much more interesting if you look at marketing as a way of healing and really, uh, you know, accompanying the person or the business or whatever it is to help them guide over, yes, uh, over a bridge, maybe not, you know, make them fall down the gap first. So it's more like a a bridge making and not Mm. a, a gap selling technique. So, yeah. So as I was listening to you, what came up for me was, I realized that in a way, I think I'm, I do this in, in the middle of trainings. So, you know, Sarah, I'm in multinational companies around the globe and I go in and I help people help them get more of what they want more often with less difficulty. Right. And halfway through the training, I put, put up these slides. And one of the slides is the quote from Mahatma Gandhi, mm-hmm. be the change you want to see in the world. Right. And I sarcastically say, okay, survey time. Who in the room is against world peace? <laughs> There's a long silence. And people look at each other. They look at me and they're like, okay, I haven't been asked that question before. <laughs> and Sarah, I'm happy to report that no one has raised their hand so far. In the many Thankfully. years I've been <laughs> asking this question, I say, okay, so if you haven't raised your hand, I'm going to assume the opposite, that you are a fan, you know, raw, raw world peace. We're all for that. Except maybe you don't have the time to donate or dedicate to worthy causes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to donate 
the financial investment to support these causes, even though you might believe in them. So here's what I believe you can do instead. And I talk about how if you're a partner in your life, and meaning you're holding respect for yourself and for the other, whoever you're interacting with, whether it's the Uber driver or the airline check-in counter person or the person Mm -hmm. over the telephone about your internet connection, that you're showing up with respect for them and for yourself. And that leaves them feeling seen and heard and, and, and well, I won't go beyond that, right? Seen and heard, which is pretty good. And then that impacts the, the people impacts them, which impacts the people around them. So it's the pebble effect, the ripple effect. And I said, so my, I'd like to encourage you that if you are a fan of world peace, consider your time and energy investment showing up in partner in all areas of your life as a hands-on approach to contrib- contribution to world peace. Yeah, that's you know, mm-hmm. And so it, it feels like that's a, I've taken a gentler marketing approach rather than the, you know, Life will be miserable if you don't become a partner. Look at all the power you have when you step into partner and yeah. the the potential effect it has. Yeah. So that's really cool. I'd never seen it before that I was in a way marketing for world peace. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> You're a world peace marketer. <laughs> yeah, so good. Oh, so um, for me, I'm curious to hear you, you talk about the seven P's of marketing. Mm-hmm. And there's the traditional seven P. So for those of us who are not familiar, maybe walk through some of those and then share what your version is of those. Yeah. Um, I'll, ho- I'll hold up my uh, seven P's for those who are watching uh, on YouTube. But the idea is, is not mine. So seven P's of marketing have existed since the 60s. So it's a concept either. Uh, we those hippies, man. Yeah, those hippies came up with <laughs> No, it wasn't the hippies. It was the <laughs> marketers came up with the four P's or the seven P's. There's different, two different versions. And so it's this concept that you learn in every marketing school. Um, and so I looked at that and I thought, well, if I'm talking about a reframe of marketing, well, we need a reframe of these seven P's because they're outdated. And before you go into them, I can kind of read them. So we've got personal power. Mm-hmm people, product, pricing, promotion, partnership, and passion. Okay, great. So now for the listeners who are not watching the video, they are caught up to speed. Yes. Yeah. So the the seven uh, original Ps, they included some three other Ps that I kicked out. Um, One of them was process. The other one was physical evidence. And the third one can't remember right now, but they were outdated and we didn't need them anymore. And so when I looked at them and they were obviously not represented in a mandala, that's my version of the seven Ps. They, okay. they were represented in seven separate circles. Hmm. Um, and so the first thing I was like, well, they need to be all one circle hmm. because they're all integrative pieces. And so 
all of a sudden I started my, my mom, she was sometimes uh, coloring mandalas when I was um, a kid. And so of course she was, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, I was like, well, I started seeing them in the shape of a mandala. And then That's I did great. some research on mandalas and mandala um, is actually Sanskrit for a creative process. And I was like, that's exactly what marketing is. It's a creative process. And uh, Jung was using uh, mandalas often in his work. Carl um, Jung. Yes. Wow. Um, he was using mandalas um, to help people find their center. So it was this creative process that leads you to your center. And so obviously you have the center of the mandala. And I I reflected on it and I realized, okay, if you market from within that's when you market in a humane way. That's when you market in a gentle way. And so the P's, they had to be reshuffled to start with ourselves. Because in every marketing program I ever took, uh, every school of marketing always starts with the client, the client mm -hmm. avatar, right. the demographic. You know, it's like we have to chase after this client. Right. <laughs> and, and what I thought, it was like, well, that's all good. Yes, obviously it's this tango. We need to talk to our client, but it's just as important that we do uh, the work on ourselves first right. and figure out who we are, what our origin story is, my hippie story. Uh, you know, every company has an origin story. Right. Um, what the purpose is, passion or pers uh, purpose, personal power. So personal power is this idea of who am I? What matters to me or my company? What values do I stand for? What's my worldview? So kind of like this deeper inner work um, had to happen first before I can then look at my clients and find out who they are. And instead of chasing them, it was more like this resonance. I was like, well, actually mm -hmm. what happens if you bring more of you to your marketing, that's when resonance happens because people can just tell who you are. Patagonia, they have a huge crowd of fans because they stand for something. Yeah. And so this idea of bringing more of you to your marketing just uh, became really important. I'm going to drop my arm. Yes. Oh gosh. You were holding that for a long time. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's yeah. um, such a, um, what do you call it? Paradigm shift. Yeah. To, it's from the client. basically, yeah. Yeah putting it on its head, really. Mm -hmm. And I've always hated that question whenever I worked with professionals. So what's your ideal client? I don't it, know. People <laughs> who human beings, they have <laughs> hair and they, they eat food. <laughs> you know, they get mad and happy. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was never able to get behind that approach. And yet when I think about, you know, what do I have? What's my... Um, personal story and what do I bring to the game? Then I would light up like, okay, that, that gave me the energy to focus. Yeah. 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 It, it's exactly that. And I think, I think the business world has been so stiff and, uh, you know, focused always on results and, you know, yeah. Chasing after these clients that we didn't realize the, the, the power of, uh, bringing more humanity to our business. And that starts with, you know, bringing your own stories and showing up with vulnerability and, and sharing 
your real purpose and not just, you know, my purpose is to make money, but like, what yeah. is the purpose yeah. of the company? Um, so, so I think that's really where the the connection happens. And, and in the marketing, like we're human book, it's kind of organized into three parts. And, and the first part is uh, rumble. So this term that Brene Brown also uses, uh, oh, yeah. and I love that, uh, this rumbling with who you are, you know, as a person or as a business owner or as a company, what matters to you and how are you different? So this, this rumbling. And then uh, the second part is uh, rise. So rising above the noise as marketers, we always want to stand out and be different. Mm -hmm. So you can only do that once you bring more of your unique self into the, the rising. And so that's when the rising uh, happens. And also rising for me is also giving yourself permission to do marketing differently and say, I'm not doing it like I see everyone else doing yes. anymore. I'm giving myself permission to rise. Your clients must be so delighted to work with you. They're relieved. Because yeah, they're relieved, relieved is a great yeah. word. Relieved yeah. and um, and possibly it's a little scary for them because you're saying, hey, this is a, what about you and what you have to offer the world as a unique individual. And maybe for some people, that's a little scary to identify or figure that out or dare to claim it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's exactly that. It's, it's a, it, it, yeah, in a way, we're, we're asking for more bravery in marketing yeah. and not just copy paste. And there's so much copy paste in, yep. in, uh, in marketing. And, and it's funny because I, I share this um, parable that, um, I don't know if you've heard this before. So, so this, uh, this guy is uh, on the ground searching for his keys. And so uh, a woman passes by and says, can I help you? Have you lost something? And he says, yeah, I, I've lost my keys. And so she gets on her knees and starts helping him to look. And after five minutes, still couldn't find anything. And so she asks him, are you sure that you lost them here? And he points to across the street. He's like, no, I lost them over there. She's like, why are you telling me this now? Why are we looking here? And he says, well, this is where the light is. And so I'm telling that story because often in marketing, it feels like that's what people want to do. They want to look where the light is and the light is always on the easy things, the doing mm-hmm. stuff, you know, mm. the, how do I get more leads? How do mm. I fill my webinars? How do I find out how to do Facebook ads? The, that's actually easy because you either pay money or you learn how to do it. Mm. And it's the easy part, but the more difficult part is the inner work is the figuring out, well, what's my purpose? What's our, what's our company's uh, story, origin story, and how do we bring more of us into our marketing? That's, that's not where the light is. That's often where the dark, you know, the dark nights of the souls are happening. And so you're right when, when you say it's like, yeah, it's probably a bit scary sometimes, but that's when the good stuff happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, song and video. And so um, if you don't, you definitely want to go check it out on YouTube. 
it's a theme for the work I do, and it may also be for you. It's called Brave by Sarah Bareilles. Mm, no, and I do. so the words are fantastic. Say what you want to say. Let the words spill out. You know, so it's really saying, you know, speak your truth. That's how mm-hmm. I interpret that. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is the video itself. It's a group of individuals who are in public places. Some of the crazy places, like a gym, another person's in a library, mm-hmm. and they're uh, when somebody's in a mall, they're attempting to get strangers to dance with them. Mm, okay. You know, I mean, it's scary enough to dance in public, to yeah. dance by yourself, uh, you know, and then to try to engage someone else. And so the, with the combination of the video watching these people, plus the music and the song itself is fantastic. Mm. I find it so inspirational. And that's what I'm also asking my clients to do is be brave. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, d- don't necessarily um, be d- do what is expected of you from other people or what you think society wants from you. Do what you believe is right and fair and true. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Same same thing here. Mm-hmm. So as we're starting to wind down, um, I have a few more minutes, and I'd like to hear from you. Uh, maybe it's a just kind of a general, a gentle question though. How do we make marketing beautiful and what does beautiful mean for you? Yeah. I think, I think there's so much opportunity to make marketing beautiful. Um, We, if you ask, you know, random people on the street, uh, do you think marketing is beautiful? I would say 99.9% of people would say, no, we hate marketing and we don't trust marketers and marketing is definitely not beautiful. And and so there's so much opportunity to bring beauty into marketing. And for me, beauty um, is not just, you know, pretty colors and and pretty websites. It's really this uh, beauty of experience, of um it kind of yeah, belonging comes up as well as a term, and and creativity, uh, and being different, like human stories are beautiful, right? Yeah. And so that's um, that's what I understand uh, when I say that's what I mean when I when I say bring more beauty to to marketing. And so again, it has to do with bravery to say I'm not going to just use that, you know five-step list and copy paste and, and use mine, but really come up with other things and, and make people feel and experience certain things. I think that's what everybody is craving right now is, is not just the transactional, but really the transformational yeah. uh, part of marketing. And, and I'm looking at, at this book that I used in the I'm going to grab it that I used in, in kind of the, the research for, for my work is um, Daniel H. Pink, a whole new mind. And, and I just whole love this. H W H O L E whole new mind. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and the subtitle of this book is why right brainers will rule the future. So again, it's like, you know, we come from this world that is very analytical, left brain oriented results, numbers, statistics, and profit. And what he's actually saying in his book is, well, actually, who will rule the future is the right brainers. And so to me, that means 
we are craving more beauty, Mm. including in business and marketing and sales. So that's what I mean by by beauty. And, And once you become aware of that, you'll start noticing the beautiful stuff, you know, the beautiful marketing or the beautiful businesses. Uh, my friend, Steve, um, uh, Steve, I can't remember his last name. He, he wrote the book, uh, Beautiful Business. And so, you know, just this idea of thinking, what would a beautiful business look like? What would a beautiful marketing look like? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's where we're heading. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, that is a great inspirational thought to end on, though. Before I do let you go, I really would like to hear what is a call for action that you would offer to listeners? Yeah, the call uh, for action, uh, I would really encourage people to become more aware of marketing, how it makes them feel when they receive emails or when they see offers. How does it make you feel? Uh, Does it make you feel? beautiful and included and, you know, does it feel gentle when you read them or not? And start saying no to to things that don't make you feel good, that make you feel, you know, uh, fearful or in shame and just kind of starting there and then, yeah, going on that journey towards humane marketing. Mm. Thank you, Sarah. I guess for me, I will invite listeners to send me your communication conundrums, clashes, challenges, mishaps, blunders, and successes, either via email or social media. I'll read them and discuss them on future shows. And you can reach me at amy at carolcoaching.com. Now to reach out to Sarah, you've got her LinkedIn. You can connect with her there. Let me spell her last name, first and last name, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H and Santa Croce. S-A-N-T-A-C-R-O-C-E.com or go directly to humane.marketing. And again, the titles of your book are Marketing Like We're Human and Selling Like We're Human. Wonderful. Now, listeners, I want you to be sure to switch on, tune in, listen up and be inspired next week. I'm going to be interviewing Nancy Watt. We'll be discussing her use of applied improv and adaptability quotient in her training sessions and workshops and how she uses case studies and social experiments and the results to help transform lives. Nancy delivers powerful, creative, memorable training sessions using tools, techniques, and improv theater. In fact, in the past four years, Nancy's been rated as one of the top five leadership workshops at Microsoft's Global Conference. So you're not going to want to miss that interview and chat on January 14th. Feel free to check out my website for more information, carolcoaching.com. That's two R's and two L's. And feel free to connect with me on my social media channels, Amy Carol Coaching. Finally, if you're game for more, I'm going to be hopping over to Facebook Live for five minutes uh, or at five minutes past the hour for a short chat on today's call, on today's chat rather with Sarah. Sarah, thank you. It's been a lovely conversation. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. And listeners, thank you. You've been listening to Partner Up with Amy Carroll on the Voice America Business Channel. Happy partnering, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Partner Up with Amy Carroll. Join Amy for another edition next Friday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Central European Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, make it a great week. And remember, make your partner look good.